0: about you, but I know what I want for Christmas, and and honestly, I probably know what I want you to get me as well. I I know these things. I plan these things. I prepare for it all year long. It's nothing new for me. Uh, When I was a kid, I was kind of super prepared for what I wanted for Christmas. That was my whole job, was to kind of make sure I got what I wanted, you know? I know how to get what I wanted this time of year as a kid, or at least, I don't know that I could say I knew how to get it, but I sure knew how to ask for it. I was pretty good at asking for what I wanted for Christmas. It, it was like I was dropping those hints, you know, and I was kind of good at it because I would kind of drop them subtly at first and I would ramp it up the closer I got to Christmas. At least I thought I was being subtle. And, you know, you just slowly ramp them up. in case it wasn't obvious. I ramped them up big time so that by the time my mom and dad were ready to buy my Christmas presents, it was fairly clear. What I was hoping for, what I was hoping that I would get. There was absolutely, by the time it arrived, no uncertainty. This is what I wanted. This, in fact, is exactly what I want for Christmas. But here's the thing my parents, they were a bit more on the cautious side. <laughs> they didn't always take the hints that I was leaving for them, right? That's the way it works. Or maybe, maybe they got the hints. But they possibly had read the reviews of what I was wanting, right? They knew better than I did they 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 knew what I wanted, uh, but it wasn't exactly going to be all that I thought that it was going to be, right? or it wasn't really what I needed. Sometimes I needed socks and underwear, right? <laughs> it wasn't what I needed, but even more than that, they just knew right their parents. They knew that it probably wasn't a good idea to give a seven-year-old a a trip to bicycle around Europe. (laughs) They knew that it probably wasn't going to turn out the way I hoped it would. They knew as a parent that it was probably not a great idea to give a uh, 10-year-old an 1100cc motorcycle, right? Not a great idea. But I didn't see it that way, right? And you know what? It's amazing how, as parents, we just know there are some things that are just not going to work out the way our kids have imagined and think that they're going to work out. And they're certainly not what our kids need and the way they need things to work out, right? So here's what parents do we're a pretty crafty bunch, us parents. We slowly begin trying to turn our child's attention away from what they think they want, and we try to turn their attention toward something that we know is actually better, toward what we know they really need, right? I mean, you've done this before. If you've got children, especially if they're younger right now, you're probably doing that right now. You're in the process of doing that on the 11th of December, 2022. You're doing that. And you've been doing it for several months, probably. Slowly turning the spotlight onto something else, something that either fits them better or something that will look better on them, or something that won't end up with them in a roadside ditch in trouble, right? Where they're saying, what in the world happened? We don't want that. It's it's just kind of like parenting 101. And here's the way that looks. My parents want me to want what is better. Let that sink in. Don't we as parents? The same thing to want that thing that will really give them what they want, what would really give me as a child what I wanted, what would really satisfy me. But what is that? Now, that's a big question. What is it that we as humans really want? What is that? I mean, that's huge. That is a big question, and I think it's a question that every single one of us, at some time, we have asked, and asked, and asked, and asked again. What is it that we really want? What am I searching for? And let's be honest. Unless you're sitting here today, and you might be a totally deranged sociopath, and let me pause here for a moment. If you are then I really do apologize for the way I just worded that. I want you to know I sincerely apologize. But really, unless, unless someone is really, really messed up, off in some way, we all basically want the same things. We do. The same things from life, really. We want to be happy. We want to be satisfied. We want to feel like that we matter in this life. We we want to feel, uh, well, I we just want to feel good, right? We do. We want those things. And if we could paint this picture with maybe a, a broad brush stroke, a brush that would summarize everything we really needed, all that we have deep down inside that we've all been looking for, that we all want met, that need, I think we would have to admit, now listen, the, these are not catchy words. But still, I believe if we could paint that and come up with a word, one of those words I think would have to be faithfulness. We want, we might even say we need faithfulness. And, and again, this is not an exciting word, right? It's not flashy. But every single one of us need Someone in our lives, many people in our lives who are faithful to us. We need that. Don't you want someone who's faithful to you? I mean, someone who you don't have to constantly question. I wonder what they're up to. I wonder what's going on. I'm worried. I'm worried. I haven't seen them in a while. We don't want that, do we? One of the qualities you look for in a spouse, if you're married, one of those qualities was probably faithfulness, you know? Don't we want that in a friendship with someone else? We want faithfulness. You want that from a boss? You want that from a coworker? You want it from a friend? You show me a relationship without faithfulness, and I'll show you a relationship that is careening toward an end. That's how it's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. I've I've never personally met anyone who said, yeah, yes, you know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that one person who's going to keep me up all night long wondering where they are and wondering what's going on. And when I find that person that keeps me guessing all the time about where they are, what they're doing, if I can trust them, when I find that person, yep, you know what I'm going to do? That's the one. And I'm going to settle down with that one. I've never heard that. And neither of you. That's not part of the wedding vows that I took. You see, you didn't realize it, but we are pretty much all looking for some of the same things, right? We want someone in our life that we can trust, we want someone we can rely on, we want somebody that's going to be there for us, and we can use the word faithful. These are facts about you. They're facts about me. I think it's just facts about life. We do not want to be left wondering are they just one day going to up and run away when things get rough, when things get tough? Are they just going to be gone and disappear and leave me? There's something else that I think we're all looking for. And again, this might sound a little cliche but aren't we all looking for love? Right? I mean, maybe in all the wrong places, (laughs) right? We do. But there's just something about us that screams out this desire to be loved, for someone to love us. Or the very least, we want them to have some kind of deep, we have a deep yearning to have some kind of thing where they at least accept us, right? You see, in the absence of love, We go out at least looking for acceptance. I mean, we might be thinking, well, if they don't love me, at least I might be able to find someone who will hang around me a little bit and tolerate me, right? Listen to me every once in a while. And so that's sometimes why we settle. We settle for just acceptance instead of love. But we want that love. We want that connection. We have a yearning for it. And if we can't find love, then sometimes, well, well, acceptance will just have to do. But what we really want is to be loved. We want to be loved unconditionally. We want them to know, yes, things are not perfect in my life, but you love me anyway. And it's part of the human experience. It's something that is shared across all cultures around the world. And when you put those two things that we just discussed together faithfulness, and you put that together with love, oh man, well then, now, that's kind of a superpower. That's like amazing. You've got something then that is life-changing, something even more powerful. You have loving faithfulness, which is something that we're all looking for. Whether we realize that or not, we're looking for loving faithfulness. We're all searching for some connection a connection that we don't have to worry about, we don't have to wonder about. There's a saying, and you've heard heard people say, you may have said this yourself. We've looked at somebody, a friend, and we said, yes, they are my ride or what? My ride or die, right? And we have that expectation on them, and we're placing that hope on that person. We're looking for that ride or die person in our lives. But the truth is, no person can ever really be completely our ride or die. And all along through that relationship, that friendship, we may be dropping hints, right? That this is what we want. This is what we want. And we're dropping those hints. But every human at some point lets us down in a big way. We drop hints of hope. That, that they're going to find, we will find in them what we're looking for. And some of us, wow, we've climbed the highest mountains. Some of us have run through the fields. Some have run, some have crawled, some have scaled city walls. But, listen to this. Dustin hit that for me. There you go. <laughs> We've tried. <laughs> We've given it our best shot. But ultimately, somehow, we still haven't found it. And here's thing uh something interesting I've learned that as we get older, we do this even more because. We think we're running out of time. So we look more and more, we look faster, we look at other places, we we look and look and look and look. And we want all of those things in our life so badly. But here's what happens, see? God like any loving parent would do all those things we've been chasing after God has read the reviews. He's read the reviews. God, like any loving parent, he understands that what we think we want is not going to work. He's done the research. And I can tell you this, the news is not good on what he's found out. The reviews are not kind. They're just kind of, "Mm, meh. they're hit or miss. They're kind of spotty. The reviews are inconsistent. If you look closely, you're going to find out that people are saying the fit is purchase again. But yet, we do purchase it again over and over and over. You see, the people that we put all of those efforts in, chasing after, well, here's the truth. Those people come broken. And those people, along with us, they break. And those people actually hurt us sometimes, and sometimes we hurt them. Which is why God desires to illuminate what he knows is going to truly meet those needs in all of our lives all those needs we're just trying to focus on what exactly it is that we should want for christmas this year see in scripture god slowly it's it's like he's turning up the light a little brighter and a little brighter and a little brighter and he's dropping hints along the way he's like this is going to be better This is gonna meet your needs. Where you're headed, that's not gonna do it. This is gonna be better. And he's making the light brighter, brighter, dropping hints. He's trying to help us focus on the solution to our desire, our desire ultimately for love and our desire for faithfulness. And he's trying to help point us in that direction. And honestly, what he's trying to do, short of grabbing our heads and, and turning them and saying, look here. He gives us a picture. He shows us his solution so clearly, crystal clear. Now, last week, we said that we're going to, this year for Christmas, we're going to walk through the Christmas story in all four of the biographies of Jesus. We call them the Gospels. And last week, we began with Mark's story, which was a little odd. If you were here last week, you understand why. If not, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. And quite honestly, this week might seem equally odd as we get going. See, John, as well, has a Christmas story to tell. But I promise you this, you have probably never sat down around the Christmas tree on Christmas morning and opened the Bible to read the Christmas story from the book of John. So we're going to do that this morning. And God uses John's Christmas story to begin. He's going to shed some light. That's how he's starting this. He's going to begin shedding some light on what ultimately is the only thing and the only solution that's going to give us satisfaction in this life, the things we have been searching for. So where does John begin his Christmas story? Well, John begins at the beginning, of course. And so here we are, John chapter one, verse one. Here's what John says. In the beginning was the word already existed. In the beginning, the word already existed. So right from the very start, God turns on this first bit of light to begin shedding light on this. He turns on that first bit of light and he says, what you have been seeking for, he gives us our first bit of understanding. John says, hey, you remember the beginning, right? Yeah, he says, yeah, sure you do. You remember the beginning. We all remember the beginning. We weren't there, but we know in the beginning because we look back in Genesis, God created, right? And he's saying, and the word, well, the word the word was there already at that beginning. Before creation, the word was there. And the word he is describing to us is Jesus. And he's saying Jesus was there for it all. All right, this is big news. So John says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Then he says, the word was with God. So we see here, John is saying, Jesus was there in the beginning and he's with God. Before anything we know of creation had been created, he was there already. Jesus was there. The word was there with God. Not only that, this is cool. John tells us, and the Word was God. Wait a minute. You're saying, John, that Jesus is God. Yeah, he is. He was with God because he is God. This is huge. See, this is pretty clear right from the top, God is making the light pretty bright. You know, he's turning that up so we can see and understand. And I want to be clear on this. If there is ever any question what the early followers of Jesus thought about Jesus, listen to what these Christ followers are declaring. This is it. Here is Jesus, who is with God they're declaring that, and they are declaring without question that Jesus is God all at the same time. That is huge. So we could say, okay, John, the light has been turned on pretty bright. I mean, I think I can see things a little better now. So let's keep going. He continues, verse 2. He, which is Jesus, existed in the beginning with God. So he summarizes that. Now we have enough light now that God is letting us see, um, kind of where God is now trying to redirect our focus. We can see a little more clearly. Away from what we think we want, and instead now God is kind of directing us to what he knows is going to be the only thing that is really going to satisfy us in this life, for those things that we just intuitively know that we need and want. So, in just two statements, We know that Jesus is with God. He is God. And he has been there since the beginning. That's huge. That's great. Now, John tells us more. Let's go to verse three. We're just moving right through. God created everything through him. All right. Now, understand this. So, Jesus is there with God creating. Okay, things are getting a little brighter now. And then John goes on and says, and nothing was created except through him. It's like John is saying, Do you remember how it happened? Yeah, you know, God spoke and things became. John is saying, Yes, that was God. That was Jesus spoke and things became. That there was nothing, nothing existed. And then the word, Jesus spoke, he spoke some words, and from nothing came everything. John is saying, yeah, yeah, that, when that happened, yes, that's him. That was Jesus. Wow. And so far, there's one thing impeccably clear through John's Christmas story. We know this. Jesus was there with God because he is God. And he was creating. Now, let's turn up the light a little bit more. Verse four. The Word that's Jesus gave. So Jesus was there in the beginning, and now Jesus is giving. I and mean, you thought this wasn't a Christmas story. He's giving. Now, according to John, what is the first thing that he gave? What is the first thing we have on record that Jesus gave? And here it is Jesus, The word, he gave life to everything that was created. So, Christmas, according to John, we have Jesus at the beginning before creation, and he is creating, and now he is giving. So, John is building a case for his Christmas story. It's a case that is declaring that Christmas is all about giving. All right. He goes on. Now, God turns on the light in a big way with this next phrase. And his life, that's the life of Jesus, brought light to everyone. Sweet, more light. We have more light. John just told us that Jesus was giving. And now, John tells us not only is he giving, he's bringing something with him as well. Jesus is bringing the light. Not only for everyone, but he's bringing the light to everyone. I love this. According to John, nobody is left out. Nobody is passed over. Everyone is invited to the light party that Jesus is bringing. Everyone. Is going to see. And ultimately, that means if we see, ultimately, it means we have a decision that we are going to have to make. Everyone will have to make no exceptions. There will be no excuses because God is going to make it so clear. And and John is going to help us understand this. And he's going to be shining the light on these truths. But we can't stop here because John keeps turning the light up brighter and brighter as he goes. And it's getting brighter and brighter to where we can see more clearly. We can focus more and we can focus on Jesus. He's kind of turning our attention toward what we really need. Jesus, the light. Are you with me? Now I know you guys are super sharp. And John is getting ready. So you have to be listening close because he's getting ready to take some sharp turns in this Christmas story. Because it it, it just takes us to some wonderful places. So hang in here with me as we go. So what is this light, Jesus? What is he doing to kind of brighten things up? How does Jesus the light, how does he make it so that we can see things more clearly? Well, according to John, he says in verse five, the light shines in the darkness. So The light illuminates, brightens up everything that's dark. And then he says, and the darkness can never extinguish it, which means Jesus, he is forever the light. And that is not going to change. He's forever the light. Nothing is ever going to replace him, nothing's going to take his place. He's forever the light. Now, stay with me. This year for Christmas, John says, before time began, we already had the word. That was Jesus. And he was with God because he is God. And because he's God, he created and gave life to everything. And he brought the light to the world. Why did he do that? Because he is the light. Like we said last week. Every good Christmas story, it has some kind of special pronouncement, some kind of announcement, sometimes from a prophet, sometimes from uh, from an angel, sometimes from God himself, saying something's coming. And John has a herald as well, similar to Mark's that we talked about last week. In fact, well, it's the very same guy, same guy. Because the announcement doesn't come from an angel in this Christmas story. It doesn't come uh, from a prophet. It comes from a man named John the Baptizer. And here's what happens John describes this. John the disciple describes this. He says in verse 6 now God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. That's the light, Jesus, so that everyone. Might believe because of his testimony. So that's why he sent John the Baptizer first. And that's the announcement that John the Baptizer is going to have. He's going to be saying, Hey, listen, guys, 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 listen, the Christmas light, it's coming. Don't miss him. So listen, guys, stay sharp. Watch for him because he really, he knows what you really, really want. He knows what you really, really need. And he is the one and only thing that will satisfy what your heart has been chasing after all of these years. Now, John, the disciple who's writing this, John, the disciple who's writing this, um, he clarifies this. So he says, John, the baptizer, John himself was not the light, he was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, that's Jesus, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. All right, now listen to this. Look at your neighbor and say this. You got to believe and receive. And if you don't say it, look at him and raise your eyebrows. What's gotta happen? So I you actually do this. Say, remember, hey, listen, remind me, I gotta believe and receive. Remind me of this. Remind me, I gotta believe and receive. All right, listen to this next verse, the way he describes it, verse 12. To all who believed him, the light, who is Jesus, to all who believed him and accepted him, they received him. To all who believed and accepted, who believed and received him, who's the light, who is Jesus, he, that's Jesus, gave the right. I'm going to remind you, be reminded. You got to believe, you got to receive. How much clear does it need to be? Everyone, John is saying, to everyone who believed, and received this light, Jesus, his light. Here's what John the disciple tells us, that they are, verse 13, reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or or plan. No, 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 no. But a birth that comes from God. And I want you to know this. The Christmas story is about two births. Two John is saying, "There's this rebirth that God wants and desires for you and for everyone, which is only th- the only thing that can possibly, in all of our lives, satisfy what we have been searching for. And that rebirth is only possible because of the first birth, the one we celebrate at Christmas time the birth of Jesus. Now, last week, as we looked at Mark's Christmas story, his entire Christmas story of Mark can be summarized with two words that he wrote. Mark's Christmas story is this. It began. That's it. (laughs) That's the Christmas story in Mark. And John's Christmas story, it it does a lot better. It does more. It's not two words. John's Christmas story can be summarized with 11 words that he wrote. And we're going to read them next. Here it is, verse 14. So the word, that's Jesus, became human and made his home among us. That is the first birth in the Christmas story. And that was Jesus, God who came to put on this body of man and make his home among us. Now, he did that, that first birth of Jesus, so that he could produce the second birth in the Christmas story. He desires your rebirth. Hey, this light's getting pretty bright now, right? I, I mean, there's 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 not much to mistake right now. Not only we got Jesus, who is God with a bod, and he shows up in full. Not only that, he shows up full of God. But what exactly is God full of? Well, according to uh John the Disciple, he's full of it. And here's what he's full of. He tells us next, he, is, he was full, Jesus, God with a bod, full of unfailing love and faithfulness. He was full of the very thing that each one of us is looking for. Dustin, do me a favor. Let's leave this on the screen for a while. He's full of everything we've been looking for. And then he goes on and says this, That he's also full of this, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He's full of unfailing love, he's full of faithfulness, and we see it right there. He is full of glory. Now, let's have some real talk for just a moment. Every single one of us who are old enough to understand this, and again, God has brought the light up, turned the light up for us to make this clear. That's what we've been searching for. Ultimately, everything in our lives, we have been looking for unfailing love somehow from someone or something. And we have been looking for faithfulness in every relationship, every friendship, every romance, every person we have ever had any kind of relationship. We have wanted unfailing love, and we have wanted faithfulness, and we have searched for it everywhere. We are searching for that. And some of us have searched for it in romantic relationships. Some of us have searched for it with more and more money or more and more things and stuff, which we think is going to bring us more stability. We have searched for it through friendships. We've searched for it with people in our families, and we have tried to fill in our lives this God-shaped void, but we've tried to fill it with other people or other things. And the bottom line is somehow we wanted love and faithfulness. And when those people in our lives failed to give that to us the way we wanted to experience it, then, well, sometimes we turn to alcohol. Sometimes we chase after it from one failed romantic relationship to another, and we just keep chasing after that same story, just a different person. Honestly, sometimes it gets to the point where we look around and we say, well, if a romantic relationship on the long term is not a possibility, at least there can just be a physical relationship right now. And I mean, man, we all know what we want. We've been chasing after for for so long. But like a kid on Christmas, we, we don't always know the best place to find it. You see, John the disciple is telling us about John the baptizer. John the baptizer who testifies about the one and only who can fulfill all the needs that we have in this life, and then some. He goes on to describe it in verse 15 now. John testified, that's John the baptizer, testified about him, that's Jesus when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one, this is the one, he said, this is the one, this is the one that I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am. He existed long before me. Why? Because from the beginning, long before me, born after me, but existed before me. Wow. And he says in verse 16, from his, God's, Jesus." From his abundance, what is Jesus full of? From his abundance, all those things that he is full of, those things we've been searching for, he's full of what we've been searching for. All of those things, from his abundance, we have all received, there it is again, we have received one gracious blessing. A gift. We have received a gift that only he can give us. We have received one gracious blessing after another. See? Christmas really is forgiving. God himself Giving what he is full of. He is full of unfailing love and faithfulness and glory. Now, I want to tell you that is a great Christmas story. But just in case it's not totally clear, just in case, just in case the reviews haven't sold you yet on what you really need. God turns on this clarifying light up to its maximum setting. All lights on, full bright, for full clarity. There is no mistaking this now. Here's what happens, verse 29. The next day, John, the baptizer, saw Jesus. He was coming toward him, and said this is john the baptizer speaking look he said the lamb of god who takes away picks up and carries off takes away the sin of the world and at this moment in this christmas story the lights are full at their brightest setting and god is telling us look Jesus, Jesus is my lamb. God himself here as a man. So that man could see clearly to come back to God. It's as if God is saying through the disciple John. You're all chasing after the same thing. And it's as if he's saying, Guess what? I've got the answer. I've got the solution. I know where you can find it. And I can't make it any brighter than this, I can't make it any more clear than this. It's as if God is saying, You're all broken, so broken that it's going to take a God-sized sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate death. It's going to take the death of God. Now, here's the problem, big problem. You can die. I can die, but God cannot die. We talked about that in the last series. We said God is infinite he tells that about us about himself he is infinite he cannot die but if god became a man if god could become and that's then christmas when the word became human and lived among us so he could die for us And while he was here, as a human living among us, how did he live? He lived perfectly, fulfilling all of the law perfectly. Something that the best of the best of the best of the Pharisees and others, they could not do. They failed. Ah, what a gift. Jesus, the gift of salvation. This year for Christmas, Christmas is forgiving. Oh, thank you, God, for giving. Back to John the baptizer. He said, I saw this happen. John the baptizer did. He said, I saw this happen to Jesus. He said, I saw it. So I testify because I saw it. He is the chosen one of God. John the baptizer. What God has been saying, he said, I saw it clearly. Jesus is the chosen one of God. Jesus is the word. He said, Jesus is the light. He said, Jesus is the chosen one, the lamb of God. He is the lamb that will be sacrificed. His blood will pour out of his life for the sins of the entire world. Jesus is the gift. And he is the gift that God has taken his light and he is shining it fully and completely on jesus the reviews are in five stars there's no doubting it the light is on jesus it is him it is god's way of saying to us no 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 no. don't go back do not go back to what you thought you wanted Don't go looking for what you have been looking for in the past, to where you went to find it, what you thought, how that would meet your deepest needs. No, 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 no. No, see, that's not it. Look here where I have the light shining now. See where I have the light pointed clearly on Jesus, what you have been looking for, for your source of satisfaction in life, to bring you those deepest needs. My light, God's light, is shining on the light. Shining on the light of Jesus. And here's the best part. This year for Christmas, this gift can be yours. But it only becomes your gift if you receive it. Remember? They believe and they received. That's how gifts work. You have to receive the gift. Listen to me so closely right here. If you don't think you need it, well, you will never, never receive it, because you'll never take hold of it. You'll never believe and receive if you don't think you need it. And instead, you will just continue looking at the same old places, the same old people, the same old places for the same old things to satisfy the same old needs that we all have felt. But Jesus is the chosen one, the lamb, the gift that will satisfy all of those needs. So I just simply ask, do you believe it? If you do, I say, great. Now you have to receive it. Christmas is forgiving. The gift of God to man is the only way we can give the gift of man back to God. Maybe I should more accurately say it like this. So that he can give the gift of man to God. Receive it. Or reject it. It's your choice. So what are you going to do with that choice? What have you done with that choice? Would you agree with me right now that the light from what we just read, the light is so bright and it is so clear that this is hard to ignore. And I promise you that was God's purpose. So. What are you going to do? If this that is in the center of God's light that he is shining so brightly, if this does not turn your heart, like we talked about last week, like we said last week, if it does not turn your heart, you will not receive this gift. Or if this is something that you think that you've received, but if you're honest and you look at your life, it tells a different story, let's be honest, a different story. I mean, we say we've received it, but we look at our lives and our lives tell a much different story, more of a story that maybe sounds more like this, okay, okay. Here's the gift, and we take it, and we slide it under the bed. Oh, thanks for the gift, Grandma. And we slide it under the bed. Maybe for later. Because for now, that is what I really want. So that's what I'm going after. If that's what we've done with the gift, That means something. So the question remains what are you going to do now? You see, God promised to bring the light, and He did. And if you standing in the light don't see your need for the light, I will never be able to talk you into it. No one will ever be able to talk you into it. But if right now your heart can hear God's spirit calling you right now, then here's what I'm asking. Would you consider throwing your life into the unfailing love that is the gift that we call Jesus. You have a choice. Surrender your life to the care and the control of Jesus, who is full of unfailing love and faithfulness, which is something that we know we will not ultimately find anywhere else because we haven't yet found it anywhere else. In spite of the fact that we have looked everywhere else for it. You've tried money. It didn't work. You've tried climbing the career ladder. It didn't work. You've tried relationship after relationship after relationship, and it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. And you've tried to simply let the good times roll in life, and it didn't work. Why not, for the first time in your life, try going all in with Jesus? I think you'll find what you're looking for. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we have looked and we have looked and we have looked everywhere and with everyone and everything and we haven't found what we're looking for. But God, you have taken your light and you have shined it fully on the life of Jesus the light the word the lamb the chosen one of God God, I pray there are people in this room and listening online and in Malvern, where Cole is right now, who are saying to you, Jesus, I am giving you my life. Your sacrifice paid for it, and it is now yours. It belongs to you. I choose Jesus. I, I commit my life to your care and your control right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, I pray. That today, someone has laid their life in your arms. That were stretched wide for us on the cross. The blood that poured to cover and, 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 and pay for our sins. Oh, what a gift. Thank you, Jesus. It is in your name we pray these things. Amen.